Today's program, we are bringing the heat. We are bringing the fire. On the program today, we've got AFL. We're talking Brad Scott as he moves on from North Melbourne. And Tex Walker, I've been saying it for weeks. The focus is on him and it's all for the wrong reasons. We've got NBA Finals. It's the Raptors versus the Warriors. Kawhi Leonard, can he be stopped? Is Clay Thompson the man to shut him down? And we've got French Open underway from Paris. Roland Garros, we've got Nadal, Federer, Novak and team. And the Aussie men off to a good start. This is No Holds Barred. Okay, here we are. Welcome to the show. No holds barred sports podcast, Jade Kolf at the Kolf Man. Great to be back on the airwaves and a bit to talk about today on today's program. We've got, we're going to start with AFL action. We're going to move on to the NBA Finals, Raptors and Warriors. Raptors, four straight wins there against the Milwaukee Bucks. Who saw that coming? I definitely know I didn't. Uh, after the first two games, the Bucks looked absolutely supreme. They looked like uh, a super tight, impressive outfit, but then they just absolutely come apart. We will talk about that. They looked like they were going to be uh, a threat to the Warriors' uh, dynasty. Uh, I actually saw that as a good matchup, but the Raptors had other ideas. Who would have thought? And then we've got some French Open action Coming up from Roland Garros, yes, the French Open is underway. We're going to talk about some of the contenders and we'll talk about uh, some of the Australian performers. We're going to keep you up to date over the next couple of weeks. French Open action, we love it here. Uh, Grand Slam action on the program. But we're going to start with AFL. We're going to talk about a couple of topics and we're going to start with North Melbourne Football Club. We're going to talk about Brad Scott, the coach who is out the door and has the the Brad Scott fallout, is that going to set a domino effect in the coaching circles in the AFL? Uh, a lot of pressure on another bunch of coaches. John Worsfold under the pump. Richardson of St Kilda under the pump. And of course, Brendan Bolton seriously, well and truly under the pump down there at Carlton Town. Um, we're going to talk about Brad Scott and... Whether or not he was moved on or whether or not he walked away, bottom line is this, folks. The writing was on the wall for Brad Scott. He saw it coming and he took control of the narrative and it seems he's gone to the board and it looks like it is a mutual agreement whether or not it was or not. Well done to Brad Scott for taking control of the narrative because I think it was only a matter of time before... He was moved on. North Melbourne had to make a move and had to make it fast. This team is not going anywhere. They are 
a team really devoid of answers. And as much as Carlton Football Club, for example, seem to be in a lot worse of a situation or place, Carlton have a bunch of young players that are all a similar kind of age, a similar kind of demographic, I guess, age demographic, where North Melbourne, they seem all over the place. They've got some aging players. They've brought some guys in from other clubs that are not getting the job done and all kinds of speculation uh, and heat on North Melbourne Football Club. Now, Brad Scott, really commend him in taking control of the narrative. I think he will coach again in this league and I think that... Look, I think with Carlton under the pump with Brendan Bolton, what I can see happening in the next five to six weeks, if Carlton cannot get uh, two or three wins on the board over the next five to six weeks, I see Brendan Bolton out and I see Carlton Football Club bringing in Brad Scott. Yes, I know that may seem over the top or jumping the gun, but in this Industry, this microwave mentality. Uh, I think AFL clubs have no patience in regards to what they're doing. The media are, are all over them. The pressure is now uh, intense and more so than ever. And I see clubs looking to jump the gun and put pressure on uh, coaches and making moves that really they shouldn't be making. Uh, I think. I think it will be a move that uh, comes on too fast. But as I said before, uh, in this day and age, clubs need to act and act fast. And as the pressure mounts week by week with loss by loss, um, I see uh, Carlton making a real big play uh, on former North Melbourne coach Brad Scott. Now, where does North Melbourne go from here? Look, I think uh, Reece Shaw... He's going to take the reins there. I see, uh, look, um, really don't know moving forward who is going to be available. There's been talk of John Longmire coming on board. I think uh, the Sydney Swans will wrap him up. Um, so I think uh, North Melbourne in a lot of lot of trouble uh, with their club. You know, where do they go from here? Great thing with the AFL is you can turn it around quickly. Um, but uh, it just seems that uh, Brad Scott got out while he could. Um and uh, look, I think he did a great job uh, overall. Been there 10 years. Very rarely you see that. But the time was up for uh, Brad Scott. And he, uh, he did a good job. Uh, well, it looks, it looks like it, uh, it's worked out well uh, for Scott. He wasn't, uh, didn't come across like he was fired uh, or, uh, you know, he had his, uh, for lack of a better term, he had his... Um, his head chopped off with a sword, um, and uh, I th- look, I really see uh, a similar kind of approach coming uh, with Brendan Bolton. He'd be smart to to go to the board and say, "Look, it's not working out. I've lost the players." Um, instead of uh, just being uh, on the chopping block and uh, absolutely crushed um, from the media, he's under all kinds of scrutiny and heat. Brendan Bolton, I think he's uh, look. I-, I think he speaks very, very well. Uh, He carries himself very, very well, but this league is about wins and losses, and if you are not getting the wins, uh, you have got to go. It's just the way it is. Um, So, Brad Scott, North Melbourne, we'll keep you up to date with this moving forward, but uh, it was time. The clock, the time was up. It felt like that. It felt like it was flat, 
and uh, you cannot have flat, you cannot have uh, lack of energy or direction or results in uh, in the AFL, uh, and it's only a matter of time. So good luck to Brad Scott, and uh, as I said, keep an eye on this space. I see him possibly taking charge of Carlton Football Club, uh, and that being announced sometime this year. It is a fascinating uh it, it, it will be uh, fascinating watching that moving forward. Coming up next, we are talking about a guy I've spoken about on this program earlier on in the season, Tex Walker of Adelaide. I was on this five or six weeks ago, upwards of seven weeks ago, and everybody thought I was foolish. Well, guess who gets the last laugh? Yes, the Colf Man does. This is Jade Colf at the Colf Man. This is No Holds Barred. Yeah, Brad Scott, I think he did a good job. I think he got out of that uh, reputation intact, I think. Look, with Scott, I think he does a good job in front of the mic. Very uh, sticks up for his players. And look, the players seem to have seemed to, uh, seem to have his back, seem to love him. But uh, look, I think it ran its course, so... Uh, Look, a good result for uh, all parties concerned. Where do North Melbourne go from here? It'll be interesting. Watch this space. So we're back on the show, yes. And we're going to move from uh, the coaching circles onto, uh, onto the players and a specific player that we're going to talk about here. And I don't want to spend too much time on this because I mentioned this five or six weeks ago on the show. And... People thought uh, I was being a little bit harsh, but um, look, uh, sometimes uh, sometimes the people are uh, incorrect, and sometimes uh, I am right. And Tex Walker, Adelaide Football Club, yes, I said about five or six weeks ago, I looked at this guy's performances about three or four weeks into the season, and look, they were absolutely mediocre at best, and... You know, playing one good game in five. I'm talking about. I'm talking about one good game. I'm not talking about like a game-breaking game where you know you take 15 grabs, kick five goals, split a few packs, show uh, show great leadership, and you know guys are bouncing off you like your he-man. Um, this guy was just scraping past. Uh, you know, at the best of times, and look. There's been some players that uh, have got plenty of heat this this uh, this year from Adelaide in terms of Bryce Gibbs and uh, Josh Jenkins, to name a few. But look, basically, uh, Tex Walker has been uh, has been ordinary. It's really as simple as that. And I mentioned on this show, uh, I said five or six weeks ago that just because he was the co-captain of this club uh, was the only thing that was keeping him in this team. Uh, I mentioned that uh, it seemed like a bit of a boys' club. He's not the only one in the competition that I think uh, gets a game week in, week out um, when they should be in the reserves, or they should be in the sandful, or they, you know, should be in the VFL. And um, yeah, Jared Roughhead has been scrutinised as well, but this guy uh, was getting an absolute pass mark, and finally uh, over the weekend uh, it got. The mainstream media caught on to the fact that you know, Tex Walker, look, he's been ordinary. Simple as that. And there was no... 
And nowhere was that more evident than that 50-50 ball in that West Coast game where Tex Walker embarrassingly pulled out of a contest. And it looked bad. It looked bad. It was bad. It is bad. That's not what the game's about. Stick your head over the ball. Take the bump. Uh, you know, guy's six foot three, six foot four, weighs 100 kilograms. And, you know, you're pulling out like that and you are the captain. The writing has been on the wall. And it was only a matter of time before... Um, this guy was exposed. Now, this is what goes on and happens uh, at clubs, AFL clubs, where guys are protected species and you play favourites and, um, you know, call it the, the coach's pet or the organisation's pet or whatever and you, and you protect guys. This is what happens. And, you know, Adelaide... Are they underachieving so far this year? Oh, look, maybe they've got a pass mark. But look, when you've got the co-captain of your club pulling out a contest like that and you've got a guy running around in the uh, in the sandfall, in the reserves, who is the future of your club at centre-half forward and at full forward, and, you know, it's sometimes you just got to give guys a tap on the shoulder and say, look, uh, you need to go... Uh, you need to go find some form, get some touches, show that you can uh, still get the job done and, and perform. Um, but if you don't do that, then uh, guys eventually get found out and exposed. And uh, Tex Walker, you know, he, he copped an absolute barrage from the weekend, but this is long overdue. Uh, there has been ordinary performance after ordinary performance from him this year, just getting by. I'm talking about, he probably averages about 10 touches uh, a game, you know, and, and for... For a, a co-captain or a captain or a, a so-called marquee guy, one of the one of the marquee forwards in the competition, uh, to be to be getting that uh, is it's not good enough. Simple as that. And uh, he's not marquee. Hasn't been marquee for uh, a very very long time. And may have only been a marquee player or a you know a, a top twenty player in the AFL maybe one season. Uh, hasn't been that way for a long time, and they've got to stop, uh, you know, talking about guys uh, and putting them in the in, uh, you know, the marquee or high impact player or elite status. Uh, he hasn't had that for quite some time. He hasn't had it this year, and he is long overdue to go back to the sandful and and get some forms, uh, get some form, get some touches. So go back and get some touches. Put him in the sandful. Go back. Get your 20 touches, 25 touches, 30 touches, 10 touches at AFL level. Whether you're a marquee guy or you're not, but especially if you're playing centre-half forward, you know, 10, t- 10 touches, that's it. 10. That's If you go back and take a look at the numbers, that is about what he would average. 10 touches, maybe three marks, five kicks. It is... Uh, is that good enough? Is that good enough from your from your co-captain and and supposedly one of the best centre half forwards in Australia? Uh, no, it's not. It's it's nowhere near good enough. And it's been building for a while. You swept it under the carpet, and it come crashing down uh, over the weekend. Embarrassing. And uh, you know Adelaide Football Club. Uh, Need to uh, 
need to make some tough decisions moving forward. And uh, Walker, uh, look, hopefully uh, nothing better than seeing a player in full flight and uh, ripping games apart. Haven't seen it from this guy um, rarely ever. And uh, it's time to stop giving guys a pass mark, sweeping things under the carpet and, um, you know, tapping guys on the shoulder when, uh, when they need to. Otherwise, uh, otherwise uh, your team suffers. Simple as that. This is Jade Colf at the Colf Man. We'll be back after the break. Ten touches. Ten touches. Are you kidding me? And you're going to pull out of a contest like that. Back to the sandfall. Okay, we're going to segue on to some NBA action. And the NBA Finals will get underway in a couple of days' time. The Toronto Raptors and the Golden State Warriors. Raptors getting through in six. They win four straight come flying home, and Kawhi Leonard leading the Raptors to the NBA Finals. Startling, really, how the Bucks from 2-0 up just completely fell apart. Giannis couldn't make free throws uh, in the fourth quarter and overtime. Was, uh, was exposed, really, not having the outside shot. The Raptors uh, got all their big men and formed uh, a defensive wall, just kept him out, out of the paint where he's so dominant, and the supporting cast of the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, Chris Middleton, Brogdon, uh, Bledsoe, couldn't get it done, couldn't make outside shots, and you can't make outside shots in the league, in the NBA in 2019, you are going to lose, and the Bucks are out, they've got to retool that thing, and yes, so the Raptors into their first NBA Finals. Uh, how is the series going to go? Well, really looking forward to the Kawhi Leonard and the Clay Thompson matchup. The Warriors will throw uh, more than Thompson at Leonard. They've got uh, Iguodala, who should be back uh, from his injury. Uh, they've had plenty of time to rest, upwards of 10, 11, 12 days, the Warriors, after uh, blowing by. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers. And the Kevin Durant injury is a fascinating one. You know, does he come back? They think game one, he will be out. And uh, yeah, fascinating uh, narrative. Uh, Durant uh, copying, uh, not criticism, but um, it's the same old thing. Will he stay? Will he go? Uh, You know, they're winning... uh, winning, making the NBA Finals without him after he went down with that uh, calf injury. I believe it wasn't uh, a calf injury. I think it was more an Achilles injury, and I'll be surprised if we actually do see him uh, in these NBA Finals. And uh, Steph Curry has been absolutely lights out for uh, for the Warriors against the Blazers. And they're just a, they're a much more enjoyable team to watch without Durant. I think they are better with Kevin Durant, with KD there. Just as the shot clock's winding down, they can just feed him the ball. He goes to work, uh, makes buckets, makes shots, can get you a hoop at any time. Uh, but uh, 
look, I think they just cut better. There's more movement when uh, without Durant in the lineup and Steph Curry uh, is virtually unstoppable. High pick and roll action. And uh, with him creating everything running through him, they are absolutely uh, beautiful to watch. It's great basketball. And, you know, will uh, will the Raptors be able to make some inroads uh, into this one? Uh, I think it's going to be a closer series than, than people think. I've got the Raptors winning game one uh, in Toronto. They do have the home court advantage. And then I see Golden State winning game two. Uh, I think uh, the favourite in every series. I think they've got a, like a 65-70% clip uh, win percentage in that game too on the road. And I think this thing heads back to Golden State 1-1 with them uh, in the box seat. Um, so it's uh, it's going to be a good one. Really looking forward to it. And uh, the Kawhi Leonard, uh, he's been great throughout, uh, throughout the playoffs. This is why Toronto brought him across. They made some uh, they made some big moves. Uh, moving on their uh, their coach of the year, moving him on, bringing across uh, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, he could be one and done. The free agency stakes will be heating up. That's going to be fascinating. That's a whole other discussion uh, for another show. But uh, looking forward to this one, uh, Raptors and Warriors. Uh, this thing is littered with... Uh, with, with possibilities, and we're going to look forward to bringing it to you. As I said, I think Raptors win game one, and uh, the Warriors will win game two. We're going to come to you uh, on the program uh, as soon as these NBA finals get underway. It should be a beauty. We love it uh, here on the program, and uh, we'll be bringing it all to you uh, on the uh, No Holds Barred Sports Podcast. Up next... We're going to talk French Open. Yes, the French Open is underway. Uh, we've got Nadal, Federer, Novak, Dominic team, and all the Australian action from Roland Garros. We're going to be bringing it to you over the next couple of weeks, and we'll be back to discuss what's going on, what to expect on the slow red clay. This is Jade Kolf at the Kolf Man. This is No Holds Barred. Yeah, NBA Finals. It's always a lot of fun. Should be, well, it should be a cracker. Should be interesting. Warriors, red hot favourites. I mean, these guys, they're loaded. But Leonard playing good ball, and Toronto, they've got some experience there. They're they're a hard nosed outfit. Should be good. We're going to segue on to. The French Open tennis underway there in Paris at Roland Garros. And we're going to talk about, uh, we've got the usual characters in play there. Rafa Nadal, Roger Federer back in Paris for the first time since 2015. Novak Djokovic, super impressive in round one there uh, the other night. Dominic Team got through in four sets. And last night it was Alex Zverev who... Survived five over Australia's John Millman. Uh, he always gives everything he's got out there, Millman. And Zverev uh, found a way 6-3 in the fifth set. Uh, we're going to be bringing this coverage to you over the two weeks. Plenty to talk about. Uh, the Australian men. Uh, I was talking to someone there 
the other day. Have you seen the draw for some of these Australian men for the for the first round? Talk about um, some amazing matchups for the Aussie men. Uh, I'm talking about normally where the Australian men are, are ranked. It's really a lucky a lucky draw prize, and you know a little bit unlucky for John Millman drawing Zverev, but Alexi Poprin, Alex Dimonar. Um, had some really soft matchups in the opening round, and and both both those young Australians cashed in on on those matchups. Very important to be able to do that. It's one thing getting a good draw early on to get into the second round uh, of a major or of a slam, but then it's another thing to uh, to cash in on that. Both those guys did that. Nick Kyrgios uh, pulled out before the tournament. It amazes me how how often people want to complain and talk about this guy. Um, it's just uh, he is just a lightning rod for people to complain and talk about. Uh, loved his uh, his explosion there in Rome there a couple of weeks ago, where he threw the chair uh, onto the court, uh, swearing, carrying on. Uh, he's just full on entertainment, and uh, the game is a lot uh, a lot brighter when this guy's around. Uh, he's uh, he's out pulled out. Uh, he's moved, he's packed his bags, he's on his way to uh, to Wimbledon, and um, I can see him doing some real damage there if he gets himself in the right the right mindset, but Roger Federer, uh, round one, uh, took care of business, was off to a, a good start there, and, and if conditions are, uh, are good in Paris, if we get some hot weather above uh, 30 degrees Celsius and the courts are, courts are quick, then I see, uh, I see Federer um, you know, doing some damage there. I see him getting through uh, and and making it through to the second week. Um, but uh, Dominic Team, Novak Djokovic, Rafa Nadal, you know, matched up against Roger on the dirt. They are going to start favourites against against him. And, and and it's to be expected too. The great man hasn't been in Paris since 2015, and he's only just really gotten back into some clay court tennis this season on the ATP Tour. So, Roger Federer, great to see him back in Paris playing this French Open, but to expect him to win this title is probably a bit much for uh, even for Roger's standards, but be great to see him involved in the second week of action. Uh, always great to watch him. And, you know, I think it will take one of the bigger boys to to take Roger out. He, I don't see him going down to, uh, you know, a guy ranked outside the top 10, top 15. Um, so I don't see a monumental upset there. But uh, I think as these, as the tournament progresses, uh, backing up over five sets, will uh, will take its toll and maybe a, a little bit too much. But uh, great to see Roger back on deck. Tonight, uh, some some great matchups. You've got Nadal in action. Uh, he should make short work of uh, of his opponent. He's uh, I believe he's the favourite to win this title once again for the 12th, 12th time, I believe. Uh, Roger is on deck tonight as well. And... A mouth-watering second-round matchup between Key Nishikori and Joe Wilfred Songer. Uh, that one's a that one's a beauty. There, Songer has had a uh, 
uh, interrupted season injury-wise, and he's just working his way back, but he's still uh, a really big draw card on the ATP Tour. So that should be a lot of fun uh, as well. Alex Dimonar uh, in action tonight. He has his work cut out playing the Spanish dirt baller Karina Buster. Uh, Karina Buster will start that one favourite. I'll be surprised if Dimonar can get through that one. And uh, Alexi Poprin uh, back on deck tonight as well. So uh, plenty of action from Roland Garros. We're going to bring it to you. Um, I think... Uh, the red-hot favourites, Novak Djokovic, Rafael Nadal, Dominic Team, still a little bit untested. I'm unsure about him for this one. He can be streaky. There's been a lot of talk coming into this event that he is, uh, he's one of the guys to beat, but um, yet to be seen. He has had a pretty solid season uh, so far, winning a Masters, his first Masters 1000 event there uh, earlier on in the season, beating Roger Federer in the final, but he's still wildly inconsistent. Novak Djokovic and Rafael Nadal, uh, for my liking, thank you very much. Um, Going to take an absolute uh, monumental effort to stop these two guys at the peak of their powers. And uh, but we're going to bring it to you. Uh, plenty of action over the next uh, 10, 11, 12 days um, from Paris. And we'll have plenty to talk about on the women's side as well. Coming up next, we're going to wrap up the show. It's been fantastic. Talking footy, NBA finals and French Open. Jade Kolf at the Kolf Man. You're listening to No Holds Barred. Stefanos Tsitsipas, that is my outside pick to do well in Paris, French Open. He's one who, coming in, saw some of his his lead-up work and just playing sublime tennis. The forehand, the forehand has come good. It was a real problem there. 12, 18 months ago when I saw him up close. But, geez, I tell you, he's running around that backhand and just crushing forehands and is a silky smooth mover. Not afraid to come in either. So, Sissipas from Greece. He's my outside pick to uh, impact at the French Open. So, keep an eye on him. Um, well, what a show. They had a little bit of everything. AFL, plenty going on in AFL circles. Of course, NBA Finals about to get underway in about 48 hours and the French Open, it's all going on. So, action-packed show. Tomorrow, we'll have some more AFL action. We'll have uh, NBA Finals will be a little bit closer and we'll give you all the updates from the French Open in Paris, let you know how the Aussie men were doing and we'll give you updates on Federer, Nadal, and the Nishikori and Songa matchup. We will be back. We will catch you on the airwaves then. This is Jade Kolf at the Kolf Man. This has been No Holds Barred. We'll see you tomorrow.
The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.